What's up, guys? Evolution.org podcast coming your way. We have three excellent topics on this show. This is Steve Smee, of course, and I am with the great one, Rick, in the house. Hey, what's up, guys? So how's it going out there, Rick? Hey, doing great, man. What's How about yourself, buddy? Good, good. Yeah, can't, can't complain, man. Every day above ground is a good day, right? Absolutely. So <laughs> you can't, can't That's complain. all you need to be alive. Yeah. So our first topic, guys, let's dive into it because you guys want to hear information. Let's talk about dairy because um, a lot of controversy about dairy. I actually saw an article today in the New York Post, which is a newspaper I don't, I don't read very often. It's pretty much a shit newspaper. But um, there was a cool article about how about dairy farmers and they're, they're struggling right now, not only because of the tariffs, but they're struggling because people are not consuming milk like, like we used to. So, um, and the writer actually said something funny. The writer said that it's a fad that people are not consuming milk anymore, which I thought was, was pretty funny because, um, you know, humans didn't even start farming, um, have been farming only for five or 10,000 years. So 2 million years of evolution and we've only been farming for 10,000 years and wasn't even with cows. So I thought that was kind of funny that she thought it was a fad not to drink milk and not a fad to drink milk. So let's go over a little bit of the history uh, behind dairy consumption. And I'll let Rick, Rick jump in because Rick grew up overseas and his perspective on milk um, is, um, is kind of interesting. You, we talked pre-show about it, Rick. You want to tell us about that? Yeah, I think um, milk is like one of those foods where it's an experiment and some people can tolerate it just fine. And, and grow from it and be fine. And some people just can't, it doesn't sit well with them. I think genetically, uh, what kind of genetic lineage you have in you makes a difference. Also, there might be other lifestyle factors. You could have a, not a proper balance of probiotics in your gut and your flora, and then it'll make you not process certain foods so well that you could process otherwise if you had a, a healthy balance of probiotics, you know, in your intestines. So, some people can tolerate certain things. Some people can't. I think for the majority of the population, uh, at least from what I've seen, milk just <laughs> you grow just fine on it. It's a good, uh, it's a good food product to to get in your diet. It's my opinion on it. Yeah. So I grew up on milk as well every day. Um, I grew up, you know, in the eighties and nineties. It was the cereal generation. Every morning cereal with milk, and um, you know, it, it tore up my stomach. And it wasn't until I was probably in my early 20s that I kind of quit consuming dairy. I haven't, I haven't consumed dairy um, for the past 20 years. The only dairy I'll consume is occasionally some like European cheese, uh, very high quality European cheese. Try to get the unpasteurized cheese. It's going to cost you some, some cash. It's about $25 a pound to get the unpasteurized European cheese, but it tastes completely different than uh, the, the typical pasteurized uh, cheese. Also keep in mind like these craft cheese and stuff, you look at the ingredients, uh, it's pretty bad. I mean, it's, it's, it's not very, very nutritious at all. I mean, we're talking about hydrogenated oils and all kinds of crap that they put in their preservatives. So that's you know, completely unhealthy. Um, I, you know, here's the thing though with the dairy industry guys, if you look up, um, look up Sun Sentinel cow abuse, Google that. And you'll, you'll see some literature on um, what goes on in these dairy farms. I actually did, um, it was a former guy who was in the military and he went and filmed some of the things that went on at these dairy farms. 
And um, he busted some of these guys doing this, and they basically got a slap on a wrist. I mean, one of them got like three days in jail and, and, and probation or something. They didn't even punish them. And the, 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 the dairy farm is still distributing to a large supermarket in the southeast. Basically, the guy was basically uh, shocking the cow, um, poking the cow, slapping the cow with, with a metal rod, poking its eyes out, um, all this horrible stuff because the cow did not want to get milked. So basically, just imagine your life with your head in a vase all day. So in terms of a moral issue, I mean, the dairy industry is not, not an industry you want to be supporting. Um, if you insist on getting dairy, I agree with Rick, local, 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 go to a local farm and get the unpasteurized whole, you know, whole milk from the local farmer where, where you can actually observe uh, their practices. The cow should not be stuck in a, in a vase, vice the whole fucking day with its um, and shitting in, in, on its feet all day. That's, uh, you know, that's immoral. The way we treat animals and the way we treat children um, and all the racism and all this stuff that we're, we're seeing right now in the United States is a, is a lack of empathy for, um, for others. And, um, you know, karma is going to bite you. Maybe in your left, next life, you'll be that cow with, with your head in the vice. Maybe the next time, you'll be that kid being abused. Maybe you'll be that refugee you know um in a cage um so you you have to kind of like it's an intelligence thing guys i mean if you look at this video that i'm telling you to look at and you don't think that's disgusting then go ahead and just keep buying cow's milk from the grocery store but really you don't need it i mean i haven't had i haven't had cow's milk in, in 20 years and i'm doing just fine so it really boils down to i i much rather stick to you know whole food proteins grass-fed beef stuff like that over over that any day anything else to add rick um well you know there's there's farmers and then there's you know industrial farming uh, there's there are a lot of small dairy farmers that uh treat their animals well and uh, they get a good yield every year without really having to abuse the animals in any you know in any exaggerated way and then you know we have industrial farming where uh it's all about production and you got to just find what you're comfortable with. And uh, I don't think uh, every drop of milk comes from uh, an abused cow. I, I know that they're, they're farmers that treat their animals well, treat them as investments, as, as family members even. And um, they milk their animals and they sell that milk on to, to the larger uh, bottlers and distributors. I think, uh, you know, the milking of, of not just cows, but buffaloes and Asia, yaks, uh, goats, I mean, just pretty much if it's got tits on it, we've been milking it. Uh, horse's milk is used in, in parts of the world, like around the Mongolia area. Um, you know, extracting a, a milk uh, from, these, uh, from these animals has been a, a practice that humans have relied on for thousands and thousands of years. So I, well, I do agree we shouldn't uh, sponsor uh, with our dollars any uh, companies or any places that are just abusing animals when it's completely unnecessary to abuse the animals to get a good yield and get a good product. I think we should uh, vote without our dollars and stay away from, uh, from companies like that. But I think for the most part, um, a lot of these farmers uh, love what they do. They, they love the product they bring to market, at least the small farmers uh, that I've, I've spoken to and that I've been around. And um, I don't, you know, I, I think milk is, is just fine. I mean, it, we've, humans have been extracting milk from so many different animals. Uh, it's, it's part of our diet. It's part of what's 
probably kept us alive uh, during some harsher times. So um, that's all I got to say, I guess. I have nipples. Could you milk me? What movie is that from? <laughs> <laughs> right. That's from that Stiller movie. Yeah, 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 I remember that. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah. Uh, with uh, Robert De Niro, he told he told Bone Stiller, he's like, I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk me? Yeah, because so he was talking about milking a cat. Meet, meet the parents. Meet the parents was the movie. Yes. Meet the Falkers, actually. Yeah. <laughs> That's the second. Meet, meet the Falkers was the sequel. Yep. All right, guys. Next question. This is a good one. Overcoming obstacles in your training, uh, injuries, divorces, having kids. I have so many friends that I'm like, hey, dude, let's go to the gym. And they're like, they're like oh, man, I would love to. I just got a newborn. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? And then I started kind of, you know, I've spent the night at friends' houses who've had newborns. They got to get up. They got to take shifts in the middle of the night, them and their wife. Wake up and take shifts. They're fucking exhausted. They just don't have the time to go to the gym. Some of them have to take six months, a year off to deal with the kid. You have the kid with the colic that's, uh, you know, barfing and, and coughing all night and screaming. And then you got the people, you know, you got injuries and stuff. And, you know, so, um, you know, I've been, through, I've been through stuff myself. I've been through injuries. Knock on wood. Believe it or not, the longest I've gone not going to the gym, not working out has been two weeks over the past 20 years. And that, that was um, three instances where I had to make a move. Uh, one of them was a, quite a, a far move, like six, seven hour move. So I had to kind of, you know, cancel my gym membership, move to my new place, get settled and start up a new gym membership. So not good. I've, I've been pretty lucky with that. But um, Rick, um, you know, tell me about your experiences that because you move around quite a bit and, um, you know, you've had children and all that stuff. What's some of the tips you can give? Um, it's really about your mindset. I've been able to work out even when I was traveling or when I was taking care of my kids, when my mindset was in it, whenever I've allowed my mind to not be on, not be on point and not be on my training, then I'll give myself the excuses not to do it. But you know, I don't care any excuse that you might have. Um, I can show you somebody who works through that excuse and trains through your excuses. Injuries, look, Ronnie Coleman, he's still in the gym every day. Guy can barely walk. Might not even be healthy for him to do it at this point, but he likes putting the work in. It's part of his lifestyle. He doesn't feel good unless he's putting the work in. So he goes, even though he can barely, barely walk at this point, Ronnie Coleman. Um, you know, any... Anything, any excuse you might have, oh, I work too many hours. Well, you, you, you get to have a private space at most jobs that you have. Just bring a couple of dumbbells, bring a, a little weight set, small one, keep it in the locker room, keep it somewhere, and then go in the corner and, you know, do some reps still failure, you know, a couple of times a day. Um, How'd you deal with your, your kids? Because you have a lot of kids. How'd you deal with the first year where they're crying all night and you got to, you know, nurse them and all that stuff? Just keep weights at home keep weights at home and, uh, and just hit the weights whenever I had the time, you know, that, you know, that's it. It's just that simple. Uh, had a gym close by and whenever my kid was asleep and later on when they were old enough, I bring them to the gym and drop them over at the sitters. You just make the time, you know, the time is there. You just make the time because you can work out anywhere you want. You don't have to go to a gym. You can, you don't even need weights. You could do calisthenics at home, climb your feet up on the wall, get some push-ups down. You get, you get, a, you get a pump. It's, I've noticed that it's a mindset situation. Whenever my mind is in it, I will get my training done. Whenever my mind is not, I'll give myself the excuses. You know, because you don't, 
you don't need anything to train just a little bit of space and, and your body weight and just the desire to do it. And you can get a pretty darn good workout without even a single piece of equipment. Might need a chair, you know, if it really came down to it. So whenever my mind's been into, bro, I've, I've asked at a hotel and it's pretty cold. I was in Asia. I'd asked at a hotel to let me use the conference room. And I pushed all the seats back and I did, uh, I ran laps around the conference room, you know, because it was too cold to be outside. I didn't know the area, I didn't speak the language. And so I, you know, you just do it. It depends what your mindset is at. You will find the time and you'll find the energy to do it. It's that simple, no matter what. There are no excuses. Oh, well, I hurt my knee. No work out your upper body then. Work your other knee out. You know, leave that one alone. Oh, I hurt my shoulder. All right, well, good time to work your legs then. Work your core. Work the, the shoulder that's not hurting. You know, it's just, it, it, to me, it's always been a mindset situation mindset that there are no excuses all this time all these uh injuries there really aren't any it's about where your mindset is at if you're ever guys if you're ever put in a situation where you know you're severely injured where you really can't work out you're coming off surgery or something your doctor says hey you can't work out let's say you have hernia surgery or something you, you got to take time from the gym is it the end of the world to take some time off the gym no it's not um your body will accept that time off. And then when you come back, it'll, you can, you, your body memory will kick in, that muscle memory will kick in, the homeostasis will cook, cook, uh, kick in very, very quickly, believe me. And you'll be back initially, you know, you'll be sore the first few sessions, but eventually you'll, you'll, you'll come right back. So don't be shy, like if something happens, just to take some time off. If you're injured that bad, you need to take some time off. I had a buddy of mine. He was an Ironman. I used to train with him for Ironman. We went to Hawaii. We competed in Ironman. Um, and he actually uh, broke his leg playing football. We were just playing, you know, flag football in a league. And uh, he, someone went to – someone fell into his leg. He cracked his leg, and he was devastated. He could not run – for a few months, he had to get surgery to, to repair his leg. And he just worked his upper body, like what Rick was saying, for that entire three, four months until he was able to come back. He was on crutches, going to the gym, and still working his upper body, doing pull-ups, all, all the stuff. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely a mentality um, to do it. And there's always going to be shit that happens in life. There's always going to be ups and downs. It's a cycle. It's a cycle of life. Everything's a cycle. You have a season cycle. You have – the ocean tide cycle, you have high tide, low tide. So you're going to have highs and lows of your, you know, fitness career. And don't just think, hey, I'm going to just make a straight trajectory up because it's not going to happen, especially as you get older. So just, um, you know, hang in there and, um, you know, try to find time. I think what Rick was saying, uh, push-ups, you, you don't need to go to a gym do push-ups. You don't need to go to a gym do pull-ups. Find a tree branch. Find there's, there's things you can hook up to your door, door at home. Um, that you can do pull-ups on. You can do squats against the wall. Um, hold a chair, like Rick was saying. Do squats against the wall. It works out your legs. You can work out your calves. You can work out front of your, your, your legs. All that I've, stuff. Got, um, I've got a guy I work with, uh, one of my clients. He's a truck driver, okay? And he keeps a weight set and he keeps equipment in his truck. Doesn't take up a lot of room. Uh, he can use the same plates for the dumbbells and the barbells. And he gets, he gets his workout in every single day. You, there just there is no excuse to, to get your workout in if that's what you are that's what you want to do it's, it's I think the harder part is programming your mind 
to, to, to need that. It's programming your brain to really need that workout every day. And once you do that, you know, you'll find a way to do it no matter what. And, and look, when it comes to injuries, you just have to be smart about it. You know, if you've got stitches and you can't be in the gym, raising your blood pressure, making that injury, that cut harder to heal, you don't, you don't want to do all of that. But if you have a sprain, if you have a tear, if you have, you know, one of these injuries, um, just look, get in there, train, you know, the other parts of your body that are not hurt. That way you don't lose uh, the routine. You don't lose the, the drive. And, um, and, you know, you're fine. I mean, that's my opinion on it. Just be smart about, about the injuries you do have, in my opinion. Yeah, you bring up a good point because if you go to the gym, you'll notice whenever you go to the gym, say every day you go at 5 o'clock or every other day, you'll see the same people in there day in and day out. You'll see an occasional group of new people come in. They'll shift in. They'll shift out. But the, the regulars are in there for long haul. And that's not an accident. That's their thing. It becomes a hobby. It becomes a habit. We're creatures of habit. You need it. Yeah, I need it. If I don't, if I don't work out, I go crazy. Like I go crazy. I go mentally crazy. uh, If I don't work out because I have a very stressful job and that, and, and working out for me, you know, I'm not doing it to go fucking build big ass muscles and, and, and go on stage in my bikini to show off to other men. I'm doing it for myself from to clear my own mind. You know, that's why I do this. And it really, really makes a difference. I got people in my profession who are my age or older now and they're fucked up. I mean, they're snorting cocaine and heroin, all this shit, because this shit drives you nuts. You know, if you're in a high stress job, mentally high stress job. So that's why I do it. You know, uh, you got to teach your brain, teach your body to, to just, just gain a benefit uh, from training hard. You know, when you go hard in the gym, um, it hurts. You push yourself to, to failure. You, you push your body to the brink, you know, and that's, that's what it's, that's what it's all about for me. Just that feeling, that feeling of pushing yourself all the way to the brink, you know, taking a set to failure where your bicep can't, can't go one more time, you know, on the treadmill, on the, on the heavy bag, whatever it is you're doing, bicycle, just bring yourself to that edge, to that point where you, your brain's telling you stop, but you want to keep going. And it's, it, helps it helps uh not just your body but the soul in my opinion just bringing yourself and pushing yourself to just excruciating a pain to just excruciating levels that you know in a controlled environment you know you're pedaling your bike up a hill um just go hard you might see a a white tunnel with tupac and biggie on the other end but uh (laughs) but you'll uh you know bring yourself to that point and stay there as long as you possibly can and, yeah, and it, teach yeah. yourself uh, something and learn something about yourself by doing that. Um, that that's, that's what it's about for me. It, it brings everything into perspective. I'm at that point where I'm pushing my body and I just can't go any longer. No other troubles, nothing else in the world bothers me. I realize that as long as I don't spend most of my day in this excruciating pain I'm in right now, everything is all right. And it, it just cleanses you, cleanses your mind, cleanses your soul, in my opinion. All right, guys, we have a few more minutes. So this is a fun one, um, maybe a heartbreaking one for some. Mom moved back in with me. This guy, he, he was living by himself for quite a bit of years. His mom got older, he got older. Then his mom ends up moving in with him. Now he's complaining, she's, she's annoying him, she's, she's, you know, messing with his clothes she's cleaning all the time she's you know um really driving him nuts after she moves in 
So, you know, I'll let Rick jump in because this is, <laughs> this is a, probably another one of, that's a little culture difference um, with this. What do, you, what do you think about having your parent move back in with you? I think I'd rather shoot them myself than live with my parents. But what do you, what do you think, Rick? Well, we were around first generation immigrants. You know, my parents came here um, in their late 20s, not speaking much English. So my parents already don't have a, a big nest egg for their retirement. So I'm already prepared for a day where I might have to live with one, one or both of my parents at home. And I'm ready for it. Um, it's just a reality. It's expensive to retire. You, you need 20, 30 years of income, ideally, when you retire. Most people can't go without a job for six months. And, it, and it's hard. And at that point, you have to just stop being selfish. Stop thinking about just yourself. If you have other siblings that can help you the monetarily or maybe with the taking care of, you do it. But um, in my personal case, bro, I'd be damned if I put my, my old folks in, a, in some home and, and have somebody mistreat them. You know, I'm going to make sure to watch over their, their, uh, their old age and that's just how it's going to be. That's, that's what, see, I'm, I was born in South America, in, in Colombia. That's kind of what you grow up thinking anyway. It's sort of what it's already programmed into you. So I'm personally ready for it, you know, and, and I, and I'm also ready for my children not to return, not to do that for me when, when I'm older, because they were born in the U S and that's how they were raised. And so I'm, I'm not only preparing for my own retirement so that I don't have to be a, a burden on my kids. I'm also uh, prepared to take my parents in when the time comes, they're still young enough to, to work. And they're both, uh, they both work and, uh, my mom's probably got another 10 years left. My dad's got a little bit less uh, of, you know, of active, um, productive life where they can work. What but, do you um, think, uh, what do you think his perspective is uh, different from you? Why do you think his perspective is different in you? Let me ask that. His, his, my dad or my kids? No, no, no. This guy who's asking this question, what do you, why do you think his perspective is my mom moved in with me? It's a big hassle. It's a pain in the ass. I don't, you know, I don't know what's in the dude's heart, so I couldn't tell you. I know what's in my heart, and I know my mom went through a lot to have me. Uh, she went, you know, we went through a lot, and she put in her time, and, and she was there for me, and and it's just about returning the favor to me. You know, it's, it, they did out so much for me. And your parents are kind of supposed to, you know, just like I do for my kids, but I just have this deep level of appreciation because they, they really – took very good care of me. My mom was real young when she had me. My mother was going on 17 when she had me. And she still, man, she just did the best that she could. Uh, same with my dad. You know, immigrated us to the U.S., gave me more opportunity. Um, they just, I'm just grateful. I, I just don't, I don't have any other way in my heart of being. I would be ashamed in front of, I think, the rest of my family, my community, if I, if I wasn't taking care of my mother, if I, you know, if I showed up at some kind of family meeting and I wish your mom, oh, she's at a nursing home, but, but you know, I'm here. I couldn't get her. I mean, that's just to me with my, the way I grew up, the thought of putting my parents in a nursing home for strangers to, to watch over them where maybe they, they don't have all their wits about them and they can't, they're not fully mobile. To me, that just doesn't register in, in my mind, in my culture. It, it's just not something I, I even consider being okay. I would definitely have a nurse come and help us, you know, at the house and have the house 
built out so they have some issues moving around, we can we can take care of that and, and that whole situation. But as far as them being out of sight, out of my way, I wouldn't I wouldn't do that. Yeah, I just I can't, I can't I can't even think about it to be honest. I can't consider it. Yeah, it's funny though. Um, it seems like the certain cultures around the world, the the parents they get older, the kids take care of the parents. And then in some cultures, like in North America, people have kids, they pump out all this money on, you know, it's expensive to have kids and you pump out this money to the kids, they become, they get in their twenties, even thirties, and they're still living with the parents. Parents are still paying their shit. And I've dated women who've had kids in their twenties and the parents or the grandparents are paying their car. They're paying their insurance. They're paying their college. They're paying all this stuff. And I'm like, what the fuck? You know, you're, you're training this kid, this 20, you know, this college age kid, like a fucking teenager, like a, like he's still in middle school. So I don't, I don't get it. You know, I don't get it at all to, to be honest with you. Um, so it, it's, a, it's just a matter of perspective. I'm kind of in the middle. I'm not as extreme as you, Rick, but in my culture, um, it, it is like that in the old country. You do, you do the, 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 the kids, the parents, because there's no social security where I'm assuming in Colombia, you don't have social security, right? Oh, they do. The guys oh, do they do? Programs. Okay. Yeah. Well, my, my mother is in the U.S. My, my father lives down here. But uh, yeah, there's social security people put okay. away for retirements, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, in certain countries like, you know, in Asia or Middle East or something, they don't have social security. So the parents get old, they can't work. Someone's got to take care of them. I mean, what are they going to do, be on the street? So you have kids, so the kids one day can take care of you. So, I, you know, it's just a different, different culture perspective. Um, and, you know, I always had this incident happen as well. And um, I actually paid off my parents' house many years ago. So they don't, they don't got to worry about their house payment. But um yeah, if that happened to me, definitely. You know, it'd be, it, me my, I don't know if you have siblings, Rick, but me and my sibling would have to figure that out for sure. Or, or look, sometimes uh, parents lose their mind and they don't know what's going on. And some kids aren't grateful. They take their check every month and spend less than a half of it on, on keeping them up in some shitty nursing home. So, you know, it does happen. Yeah. So, so maybe before, what do you think they do, Rick, in those countries that don't have any anything benefits for seniors? I mean, if you don't have kids, you're pretty much fucked, right? You gotta have a yeah. You don't family. have kids. If you don't have kids, you're you're, you're fucked. But also, um, the community takes care of, of older folks. There's a lot of cases of, of old people that can't take care of themselves, and then community does. Charities do too. You know, religious charities, um, independent charities. That's just what happens, you know. And and look, and some people just fall through the cracks, you know. Some some folks just have to uh, work uh, at some kind of doing something every day until until the end of their life. And those who maybe lose their mind and don't have anybody to take care of them, they might end up homeless. I mean, it happens. It's unfortunate, but it, but it does happen. Um, there's safety nets, but it doesn't catch everybody. And the family is supposed to be your your biggest safety net, um, but sometimes they they're not. Yeah, it's pretty scary. I play, you know, play poker with a lot of older people, and um, I, like a lot of them say, you know, my kids are a waste. You know, my kids will do shit for me. So I just think, um, I just think it's it's a culture thing for sure. But I like that perspective that you gave. I think a lot of our listeners can can kind of look at that and maybe think about it a little bit and um, have a different perspective on it's, things. You know, if you didn't if you didn't grow up teaching your kids to have respect for your parents, for their grandparents, for their uncles. If you didn't 
teach your kids, explaining to them how important they are in the life of the older members of the family and how, you know, you've got to pay attention to them and you've got to make time to spend with them. You know, if you didn't grow up, if you didn't grow your kids up doing that, chances are they're not going to take care of you either. If you didn't grow up teaching them that they were supposed to respect grandma and grandpa, that even if they act a little weird, even if they're from a different uh, point in time, you've got to respect them, understand them, love them, um, understand from their wisdom. If you didn't teach your kids to have that respect for your parents, chances are they're not going to, they're not going to have it for you. And that's, I grew up teaching my kids that, you know, grandma, grandpa, you know, yeah, they're, they might say certain funny things. They're a little weird here and there, but you know, this is, we're grateful, you know, we're grateful. They're good parents. They love us. We've got to just be there for them and listen to their stories and spend time with them and celebrate their birthdays and, and integrate them as really important members of the family. No matter if they're in a wheelchair, whatever the situation is, they're integrated as important members of the family all the time to be respected, to be listened to. And if you don't, if you did not teach your children that growing up, you know, you're going to, you're going to reap what you sow, man. That's just, it's what's going to happen. Bottom line. Yeah. yeah even even just, right. even yeah. just elders on the street, just somebody on, on the bus, the, the, the old lady that drives the bus, the, the teachers. I mean, you, you've got to teach your children that respect for, for, for the elders and make them understand, make the young kids understand that they're supposed to be a help and they're supposed to be an integral part of, of the support structure that older people in the community have. Even if it's just an old lady, you know, crossing the street with, with grocery bags, you know, even if you don't know this lady, you, you go over and you help out, you offer to help at least, you know, you see an old lady pulled over on the side of the road with a flat tire. You just pull over and, and ask them if they need any help. Uh, you just, you cold, you know, it, it just in a society, in a community, you're, you're once you're, you're that age and you've put in your work, I guess you could say, and you've, you should have some respect from those around you. You should have some respect for the culture. You know, once you're an old guy in 60s, in your 60s, um, you shouldn't be worried about having to get on a, on a fist fight with some punks at a gas station or, or anything crazy like that. Like, you should be given a pass and be left alone, you know, by, by younger kids. It's just, it, it's just the way it should be. I mean, that's man, the world I want to live in. That's a fuck. That's good perspective, man. This is good. This one, this is good perspective, man. That you say. Yeah, that's the world I want to live in. When I'm 60, yeah. no matter what I'm doing or how funny I'm acting, um, some young punks uh, don't like what I'm doing. I, I just like them to let me go on my way. Just give yeah. me a pass for being an old guy. That's it. Yeah. I, I've yeah. I've watched I've watched guys in their 20s challenge, you know, 50 something year olds, 60 something year olds to a fight. That's That'd be unheard of where I'm the way where I grew up. So that's <laughs> just yeah, it's just why I feel yeah. about it, man. Man, that's good perspective, man. That's uh this is good. You know, guys, I mean if you know anyone in that situation that's you know, like that, man, send them this this video. Let them listen to that that what Rick was saying, because that's um that's some good that's some good shit right there. And you know, we're all we're all um it's karma, you know, it's karma, treat people the way you want to be treated. Cause one day you're going to be in that old person's shoes, like Rick was saying. So, man, it's, it's, it's so true. So it'd be much better world if we all treated each other a lot better than we're treating each other right now. This is a bad, bad time in the world. So a lot of 
bullshit going on right now in this world. All right, guys, we appreciate you listening to the show. Three great topics. We'll hopefully next time we'll have a caller for you guys next week, or we'll have three more good topics. So send in the questions to me, Steve SMI, and I'll talk to you next week on behalf of myself and Rick. Have a good one. Have a good one, guys. Mm-hmm.